Blog Talk Radio. Archangels, ghosts, and Bigfoot, oh my. It's just another night for Supernatural Girls. Real stories, real answers to life's biggest supernatural mysteries. And now, for another exciting interview with paranormal experts from this world and others. Here's your host, paranormal researcher Patricia Baker, on the one, the only, Supernatural Girls. Welcome, everyone, to another exciting episode of Supernatural Girls Radio. I am your host, Patricia Baker, and we are getting close to Halloween. It is October 25th. Oh, my goodness. And it's spooky October on Supernatural Girls. And PK, how are you doing tonight? Doing fine. Taking a look at some things for our listeners. Uh, Just taking a look at our numbers today, and I thought, the first vowel, first consonant of our name say so much about all of us. So I thought, well, I would give a little brief of if your first initial, which is the most, one of the most important for us, is an A, J, or an S, that person is very independent. They're a super achiever. They like to be leaders. They like pioneering and doing things different. If your first letter is a B, K, or a T, you're more cooperative, very sensitive, you like harmony and meditation. If it's a C, L, or a U as the first letter, you're very self-expressive, joy, a lot of enthusiasm, something to do with the arts, very optimistic and creative. And if it's a D, M, or a V, organization, service to others, hard work, definitely that. If it's an E, N, or a W, very expansive, a good vision, a variety, like excitement, and very creative. If it's a F, O, or X, you like balance, responsibility, love, and support, like to nurture, take care of the community, and service, whatever you can. And the uh, a GPY is a seven, and the analysis of understanding, introspection, seeking the truth, very spiritual also, like to be understood and like to understand. If it's an H, Q, or a Z, Material fulfillment is very important, as are your accomplishments, but you're very practical about things. Power and recognition are important. And if it's an I or an R, selfishness, humanitarianism, obligations, and compassion, and very creative for the community at large. So I just uh, take a good look at what your first letter of your name is. That gives you a little bit of info of who you are. A little insight. Can't have too much of that, right? Isn't that the truth? <laughs> <laughs> For sure. So yes. I thought that would be well, a good place to start. And I think uh, the different shows, I'm going to add a little bit to this so people can take a look at who they are in a uh, different way. I think that's great. Thank you for doing that. And everybody, if you would like to have a personal reading with PK, you can get to her from our website, supernaturalgirlswithaz.com. You will find her email address and website, and also you can go directly to her website. 
It's an easy one, patriciakirkman.com. So I, I like having all the information I can possibly get. I don't think we can have too much in this crazy world. So oh, for sure. good place to start is with your numbers. For sure. And I also wanted to tell everybody to go to our homepage because we have wonderful self-empowering health devices and mm-hmm. some liposomal vitamins there. Take a look at them all. We've got energy for a new kind of photosynthesized oxygen. We have Dr. Weber's laser devices, which are affecting everything positively like Alzheimer's and viruses. He has a special laser virus program. So lots of things to look at there to put the health back into your own hands, everybody. I mean, doctors are great. In fact, we have one on with us tonight. But it's really helpful if you make good lifestyle choices and then you back it up with good diet and good support. And that's what we're giving you on that homepage. We do not sell any of these, but we are putting them on our webpage and we negotiate a discount for you guys. So if you want to buy anything there, then you go ahead and buy it. You will get a discount automatically. So... That's our gift to you. We're going to keep looking around for all kinds of leading-edge health products, and you can get yourselves back on track if you're not on track. So tonight, let's get to the good stuff. Yeah. (laughs) We've had some very spooky stories on this show, some very haunted houses, and and the people that have lived in them have – come on the show and described in great detail what has happened. But tonight we have a very special guest with us who has had an experience that started in a hospital and then followed him home. So Mm -hmm. you know how hard it is for professionals like doctors to talk about things like this because their reputation is at stake, their profession is at stake when they bring this to light. But this doctor, Carmine Crispino, is very courageous. And he was on the Travel Channel, Haunted Hospitals, on two of the the television shows that they had, one on season two, one on season three. And he is going to tell us tonight all about what happened to him. It This cost him a lot. It cost him his first marriage. His wife was not able to deal with what was happening, but I'm going to let him tell it. But first, a little bit about Dr. Crispino. He is an internal medicine specialist in New London, Connecticut, so right around the corner from me. He graduated with honors in 2001, and he has more than 22 years of diverse experience, especially in internal medicine, and he's a hospitalist also. So Dr. Carmine uh, Crispino affiliates with many hospitals, including Lawrence and Memorial Hospital, Yale New Haven Hospital, Westerly Hospital, and he also cooperates with many other doctors and specialists in medical groups uh, in the Hospital Medicine Association, LLC. So this very courageous doctor is here with us tonight. Dr. Crispino, welcome to the show. Well, thank you. Good evening. Thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. Our delight. Yes, yes. No, thank you. Just want to say big fan of the podcast. Um, I really appreciate you having me on. 
Oh, thank you. Well, we're honored. We really are. We appreciate the fact that you listen to us regularly and that you're here with us to to tell this incredibly upsetting story that you have survived. You are a survivor of this, and you're still a doctor, which is a good thing. So please start at the beginning, and let's start way back. Let's start before you became a doctor. Did you ever have any paranormal experiences as a child or as a young adult, anything? Well, yes. It started, I would say, when I was probably around three, four years old. Uh, I would, you know, thinking of it now as a 53-year-old physician, way back then, it it seems like there's this common thread. Um, I would have these, what I thought at the time were nightmares. I would wake up and see in the corners these black figures, and they would laugh. And I would swear they were, that when I was a kid, I would swear there were dreams, and I would try to wake up and wake myself up. Uh, but, you know, really thinking about it, uh, I think whatever these entities are started some type of attachment with me as a child. Um, that happened for a few years as a, you know, as a four to maybe a six- or seven-year-old, and then it kind of went away and uh, kind of led a normal normal teenage years. You know, I went to Queens College, was a high school teacher, switched over to medical school, uh, you know, had a normal life at the time, you know, wife, children, work, uh, until that that fateful day where when things really kind of went off the rails for me, uh, both personally and uh, professionally. Gosh. So it started with the dark figures that you saw, like what, in the corner of your room, that kind yeah, of thing? I, I would, yeah, I would just, I would think I was dreaming, and I'd try to wake up. Then I realized, you know what, I'm not. This is something. And then I'd scream or yell for my parents, and then it would kind of go away. Or if I put the lights on, it would, it, it would be gone. But it was always more than one. And more times than not, you'd hear a, an odd, I call it a laughter. I, I don't know how to describe it. It was it was not a pleasant feeling for the for the eyes or the ears. It was just quite, really, it was, it was terrifying as a child. Yeah, that sounds but, terrifying. Yeah, but luckily, yeah, but luckily, as I got old, maybe I grew out of it. I, I don't know. Maybe I just kind of closed myself off to that. You know, as you grow older, you kind of you're, you're more interested in the world around you. I think it kind of just went, you know, went to the wayside in, until, you know, uh, something happened in the hospital, which kind of I think reopened uh, a closed door. Yes. Now tell us what happened. This is so well done. i got to tell everybody in the audience, you should watch this particular episode. It was extremely well produced. And Dr. Crispino, you were a great interview. So you took us from one place to the other to the next <laughs> with everything that <laughs> happened. And I was on the edge of my seat. So, but please start with that opening scene. I mean, you were in the hospital treating a patient, an elderly patient. Sure. Yeah, I was an elderly hospice patient. Uh, at the end of his life, uh, you know, private room, no family in there. I was doing my routine rounds in the morning, looking at vital signs and speaking to the nurses. And then, you know, it's just the two of us in the room. I'm evaluating him. He's sedate. Resting comfortably, uh, you know, as as one approaches the end of, of this life, uh, it's nice to keep them as comfortable as possible. And he seemed, from a, a medical point of view, perfectly comfortable. 
I was about to leave the room when out of nowhere he sat bolt upright, literally just sat, sat, sat up 90 degrees and screamed, they have no eyes. And he pointed, pointed to the, to the foot of the bed. It scared me. It really startled me. I'm like, what? what? What's wrong? And then I looked with him. I saw nothing. He was terrified, terrified. They have no eyes. He kept shouting that. And then he laid back down and expired. He passed away right then and there. Oh, my That's goodness. It, I mean, yeah, it was a, I mean, I didn't know at the time what was to come, but at the time I was like, goodness gracious, what a, what a terrible experience. What a terrible way to have the last moments of your life. Uh, little did I know, um, there was a lot more, <laughs> unfortunately, more to come. Yeah. Now, in the show, I, did mm-hmm. I see this correctly? They portrayed it as him not dying. Oh, he he fired a little bit after that, yeah. A little bit after, okay. Yeah, so that say, day, what, he fired soon after. Oh, okay. All right, because I thought, yeah. am I watching the same show? All right. <laughs> yeah. I know they take license with your story. So, sure, no, anyways. but they, they did a great job, but yeah, he sat up, and then he laid back down, and within minutes, he, he expired. Oh, my goodness. So it's yeah. not the same as in a hospice situation where people go, oh, we saw the angels, and it was a wonderful, peaceful passing. It was the opposite. It was the opposite. I've never seen anything like it before or since. It was really disturbing. Yeah. Now, when he screamed and pointed, and they have no eyes, did you physically feel anything, any temperature change in the room or your hair standing up on end, anything? Uh, at the time, I did not really appreciate anything because I was just so startled. Just you, yeah. you know, just the the screaming, the yelling—it's it, just such an atypical presentation uh, that that's something you don't you don't expect. Um, right. But at that point in time, no, I did not. Just because you know, you, my mind was like, "Oh my goodness gracious, this poor man." Yeah. Now, may I ask, um, since we don't know his name, obviously, what did he die from? Uh, he had a, a malignancy. Okay, so he had cancer. Okay. Yeah, just an end-of-life mm. thing. Yeah, yeah, because he was an elderly person. He was, what, in yeah. his 80s? Mm-hmm. He was in his 80s. It was, you know, it was expected. Uh, dementia, cancer. Um, so at that point, it was just a matter of, of days before he would pass. But usually they pass quite peacefully. Uh, but, exactly. Uh, he did not. Yeah, this was a little different than the norm, that's for sure. <laughs> so, yeah, so so this this is the beginning. What happened yeah. after that? What was the next experience that you had? It, it came on, I would say, insidiously, gradually. Um, I ever since that day, just I didn't things just didn't sit well with me. I just didn't feel right. Uh, I felt uneasy unsettled. Uh, then I noticed on normal rounds, I would see a patient and doing my normal thing, examining, etc. Then something would catch the corner of my eye. I would see something moving. And then I'd look and I wouldn't see anything. And anything really didn't uh, make much of that. Uh, but it mm-hmm. started becoming more frequent. And then these little bursts of movement uh, started to become more formed, more of a, a shape. I would 
start to notice a shadow-like figure. That's how it started. You know, within, I would say, a, a day or two, these little movements in the corner started to become much more apparent, uh, much mm-hmm. more real. I would look, and you'd see a shadow of a humanoid figure, kind of a head, arms, legs, but you couldn't discern any features. And it would be there for, you know, a second or two, and then it would, it would disappear. And this started that way probably for a few weeks. Um, it would start with one, and it would be, like I said, a quick presentation, but over, over the next several weeks, you'd see more than one. And you'd see them not in one corner. You'd see them in two corners or on the side of the wall. And they would stay there a lot longer than, uh, you know, a split second. It would be several seconds, sometimes up to 10 seconds, and then it would go away. Uh, and that's when I knew something was wrong uh, and I was potentially having a problem here. And were you able to take any photographs of it? I did not at the time. I didn't even, you know, you know of course, playing a Monday morning quarterback, I should have. At the time, I was just just so taken aback by it. Uh, I didn't yeah. think to at the time, you know. Yeah. Uh, and I didn't, and the thing was, okay, I'm seeing these things, but who am I going to tell? I'm not going to tell <laughs> nursing right. staff or, or my colleagues, hey, I'm seeing shadow people, for lack of a better term. I kind of I kept that to myself. Yeah, because uh, that, it's too it, it's too that's even more frightening. Is yeah. to tell somebody about this. <laughs> right, so like, what's going on here? You know, so I, I start seeing these things. Now it's a daily. You know, initially it was uh, maybe a semi daily basis. Then it became a regular basis where I'd see them on a daily basis, where it would be more than one there for a lot more, you know, for a lot longer period of time. And then, as you said earlier, then I started noticing a change in temperature. It seemed that the longer they lingered, the, the, the room would get cold. Uh-huh. And then when they disappeared, the room would warm up. But it was palpable. You know, just, if someone just kind of put their air conditioning on for a few seconds, you'd feel a, a shiver, you'd get chilly, and then it would disappear, and then the room would just warm up again. That's that, yeah, when I knew I was. That's in, yeah, that's when you knew yeah, no, that's what I knew I was. Yeah, I felt at that point, oh boy, something's really going on here. Uh, and that's when I started to reach out to to colleagues of mine, friends of mine, uh, I should actually say acquaintance, uh, who who dealt with uh, paranormal uh, activity, paranormal investigation just to kind of help me make sense of what was going on. So now they're in your, your house and, and you are still hearing That's them next. at the hospital. Yeah. So what happened oh. was, so it, so yeah, it was just at the hospital initially. Uh, and then I, then I noticed I was home one day, no one was home in the house. I was cleaning up. And then I noticed those figures again, but this time in my, in my, my daughter's room. And that's so I asked for the you know I reached out to to my friend who does paranormal investigation when they were at the hospital, but when they started entering my home, that's when I I, I really didn't know what to do. I didn't know who to turn to. Uh, I, I couldn't. I felt I couldn't reach out to my colleagues. So that's when I, I reached out to to my friend who was a paranormal investigator to help me make some sense of of what was going on. And at what point did your wife also 
feel that something was wrong, something was there in the house with her and you. So, right. So uh, initially I didn't say much in the hospital. I didn't know what to say. Uh, so I basically kept it to myself initially. Uh, when I started noticing them in the home, that's when I, I, had, to, I had to come clean. I said, look, I, I, something's been going on. I had to sit her down. I said, something's been going at the hospital. I don't know what it is. And I explained what it was. Uh, and I said, now I see them here. And now things have kind of like, ramped up. Uh, they're, they're making their presence known. Uh, but that was it. They would just make their presence known initially. It, they wouldn't, you wouldn't hear anything. They would just be there. But it was a, it was a, a very heavy presence with them around. Uh, and then mm-hmm. it came to a point where my wife started feeling it, uh, and that um, unfortunately didn't didn't go well. Uh, I could get into that a little bit later, but that's when things started really picking up. Um, they'd be in the, the the hospital, they'd be in the home, uh, and they would reach out to my friend. We went for coffee to talk about things, and that's when my phone was literally thrown across the room. That's when things started becoming physical. So it was more poltergeist activity. Now, didn't you also have your stethoscope ripped off your neck yes. and thrown around the yes. room? Yes, thank mm. you. That, yes, geez. That happened just before my phone was thrown. I was sitting with a patient. Uh, thanks for – sometimes I get the – it's been a while, so sometimes I get the timeline a little off. Um, oh, sure. You know, but, uh, yeah, this happened around 2018 or so. Uh, I was in the uh, patient's room, sitting down, talking about his case, almost ready to go home. At that point, I look up because I feel I feel a little bit of a temperature change. I look up, the patient sees it, I see it. But there, at least, I felt some type of indication, like okay, I'm not going crazy. Someone else sees this. Yeah. You know, and when he saw it, I saw it my stethoscope was, was flung off my neck. That's hmm. kind of the beginning of when things started becoming, I guess, more of a poltergeist. I guess that's the way you would describe it, or a poltergeist yes. activity. Yeah. So I never was injured. It was things like would be thrown, like my stethoscope was thrown off my neck. Um, right. My phone, my phone was thrown across the room. And, again, you feel it, it get really cold, as if it, maybe they're drawing heat for energy. I don't know. And then they would just, something would happen. Something would be thrown. Uh, again, I don't know what they were trying to accomplish by that. I don't know if they were trying to communicate with me. But it was always a feeling of dread. It never felt as if something friendly was reaching out to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, it didn't feel like something you wanted to have a conversation with. No, 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 it did not. <laughs> you know, no, and, and, not at and, all. Yeah, so it's at that point where I didn't know what to do. My friend was helping me. He'd come to the house. He would he used sage, uh, different uh, prayers. I didn't know what to do. So, again, I grew up a Catholic Christian background. I started, in the home at least, started playing Christian podcasts. I thought maybe if, if this is some type of evil, demonic activity, maybe this would help me get rid of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and it did help initially a little bit. At least I noticed a decrease, a, a decrease in activity in the home. Uh, that's for oh, sure. Oh, so it did help. Oh, good. 
a, a little bit, yeah. I dipped in the beginning. Uh, it, it definitely did. Um, but unfortunately, I said, because this activity was in the home, my wife was really freaked out, and I don't blame her. But having said that, the kids never sensed anything. Really? They never once. That's unusual. Never, never once. It's strange. You'd think the kids would really pick up on this. Uh, yes. They, they were, you know, they were teenagers, but they didn't pick up on it. It's just, it was like I was the only one seeing this. Uh, you know, my, my wife saw a few times, but in the home, it usually, they usually, I say they, I, you know, I don't know, would present themselves usually when I was alone. That was more times than not in the home. Uh, at right. work, they would kind of around. Uh, but uh huh. So you could feel them the following you as you were visiting your patients. Oh, oh yeah. Talking oh, yeah. to your patients. Was, they were always there. Didn't you, I'm always kind of didn't, uh, Yeah. Didn't you also see one of them appear in your daughter's room? I did, but she wasn't in there when it happened. She wasn't there. Yeah. Thank goodness. No, thank goodness. But that's when I was that's kind of where I said, you know what? I have to do something. So I, I, I was desperate. I just started playing uh, podcasts and uh, you know, Sunday, Sunday lectures, things of that nature, to maybe just to bring some positivity, you know, God, for lack of a better term, into the home, thinking that might help. Maybe, a, you know, a, an angelic, a good presence versus what I thought, what I was feeling was, was definitely a negative entity or entities, I should say. Yeah, and you keep saying that. So you felt the presence of more than one. So it had to be at least two or three that you were yeah. sensing, like a little tribe oh, yeah. of them coming a, to visit. Yeah, you'd see a few, yes. And they were almost about the same size, but, you know, maybe that six-foot, seven-foot roughly height, you know, kind of mm-hmm. similar dimensions to a big person. Uh, mm-hmm. But just strange, really strange. Uh, yeah, just I'm sweating just talking about it now because I'm. Afraid, <laughs> to be honest, I'm afraid to talk yeah. about it. Because uh, I, yeah, because things have been pretty quiet for a while, and I'm afraid. Just speaking of it, I, I'm afraid I might start something again. It's it's really disturbing. Sure. Yeah, because you're putting attention on it, so that's you know we understand exactly what you're saying. But let's yeah. let's put some energy out there now that what we're doing is bringing this to the light. So right. this conversation is all about understanding it and bringing things forward so that there's no more torment with any of it. I mean, certainly, PK, you and I can understand, you know, the level of, of torment that comes with this because there's also a lot of uncertainty. You don't know when this yeah. thing's going to show up, where it's going to show up. Is it going to be more poltergeist activity? You know, is it going to pull the bedclothes off you and your wife at night? And right. show up at the end of your bed, or what is it going to do next? So there's that, and yeah. then there's the unknown, and there's the fact that you're a doctor, you have you have prominence in the community, and you don't want to lose your standing as a professional because that's definitely no. a high risk situation. I, yeah, definitely. No, especially you know when they asked me to do haunted hospitals, I was I didn't want to do it for quite a while. I was like, oh, I don't know, I, you know, people are going to see me. Yeah, initially, you know, people just not make fun, but just kind of make a joke of it. Make, oh, yeah, there's the doctor mm-hmm. sees ghosts, or, you know, that kind of thing. I go, oh, boy, here we go. Yeah. But I, I felt it was important to get the get my story out there. 
Uh, I agree. Again, I don't know what it was. I don't know what they are. Uh, but I just, I just thought maybe by getting out there, sharing my story, other people could share stories with me or inspire mm-hmm. others to speak up. I, I just don't know. I don't know what it was. Yeah, well, good for you. And believe me, we understand it is not an easy thing to do. I mean, we've talked to a number of people, doctors, professors, you know, professors mm-hmm. who, who lost their position uh, because they were talking mm-hmm. about things that, the universities did not want them to talk about. So, yeah, this is a very yeah. tough situation. And here you are uh, supporting a family. You know, you couldn't, and yeah. not only could you not afford this from a professional, this is who I am kind of point of view, but also you're, you're the support for your family. And you couldn't yeah, exactly. lose that. Yeah, so there's just yeah. so much going on. But, but I have a question for you as I'm thinking about this. Let me of course. just ask this before you go on because I know there's a lot more to the story. Um, but usually this kind of experience is happening in families. And I'm talking about intergenerational. Mm-hmm. So your parents, your grandparents, your great-great-grandparents, somebody in there either I would say had to be having psychic experiences or had some kind of ability. Did, are you aware of anybody in your family like that? So that's a great question. Um, I was adopted, so I don't oh. know. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Really? I was adopted as an infant, yeah. So I, I, I couldn't tell you. I thought of that many times. Geez, there's some, you know, some connection, mm-hmm. some hereditary, you know, some genes, yeah. some, something. I don't know. Never hmm. was never even able to get to the bottom of that. Wow. Well, yeah. I'll tell you. So who knows? Uh, one one doctor we would like to put you in touch with, if you'd like, is Doctor Kolbaba. Remember him, PK? He oh, wrote yes. a book, Miraculous mm-hmm. Experiences, and and how doctors are hesitant to talk about them. He wrote uh-huh. a whole book about it. And he, uh, yeah, he was saying, you know, again, just what you're saying, how hard it is for doctors to share these experiences, yet there are many doctors who have paranormal experiences with their patients. So, anyways, we'll make sure that you get his contact information. I think that would be a great contact for you. And I know that Dr. Kolbaba is planning on writing a second book. So, he may want to include your experience as well. But it, be, it yeah, does. Great. Thank you. Yeah, we'll definitely put you in touch with him. But it definitely feels like this to me that it's coming from your genetic past. And it, gosh, you know, so there's no way for you to get that information, huh? Is it a, clo- is it a closed adoption? Of. And they yeah. just refuse to give you the records? Yeah, I could, I'm, you know, I could. I can always take another look at this. I, I'm fascinated by it. You know, you just don't know. Mm-hmm. You don't. And, yeah. you know, as I was, a, yeah, go ahead, TK. Oh, it is unknown. Yeah. yeah. And yet yeah. It's, something's knocking at the door here. It's, and it's interesting because so far it's on the edge. It's, it's not, like you said, you were never harmed, but no. it was doing things to get your attention. And it did cost yeah. you your marriage which is yeah. very unfortunate and very sad. It was, and yeah, it was terrible. 
but and that at the same time we know other people who've been truly physically tormented, harmed, mm. you know, scratched, beaten up, thrown down the stairs, all kinds of and things. Thank God that didn't happen to you or your family. No. Um, no, just, but just it, lost it, lost a lot of sleep at night wondering what's <laughs> going to happen next. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, so. right. that's right. That's for sure. But, to this day, yeah. I still I still have trouble sleeping. I I I truly believe I have a I have a, a little bit of PTSD from this. Oh, I, sure. I just mm-hmm. I, I felt totally helpless. And you know, speaking to a few uh, air, uh, professionals in this area, uh, they felt that possibly something, some portal, I, I for lack of a better term, something was open when that poor man was at the end of his life and he was screaming that they have no eyes and he was fearful. A lot of the people I've been in contact with felt that something happened right then and there because soon after is when all the experiences started happening. Oh, yeah. That was the point of origin uh, for, yeah, for all deal. of that to to go to move forward. However, yeah. you did see shadow figures when you were a child. So there's, there's something way back then. And usually when children see that kind of thing, uh, there is some genetic uh, line mm. of continuum. And so, yeah, it would be, I urge you to try to find out uh, your origins because that may answer a lot of questions. I've worked with a number of people as a psychotherapist who oh. I knew had some type of shamanic lineage. And mm. they're like, no, no, no. And yeah. <laughs> Come to find out, yes, grandma was wow. a healer. Um, you know, take it further back, and we found an, a shaman from the Russian area, the the Ural Mountains. You know, so it's just that a lot of us don't know, you know, what's back there. Right. We only think of our parents, grandparents, but there's more to it than that. And that lineage can be very powerful and sure. can affect us in ways we, we just don't understand. So, of course, gosh, genetics are a, you're a major a mystery. Thing. <laughs> I guess so. But luckily, I mean, not so luckily. I mean, I had these terrible experiences, divorce, you know, luck. And I said, I, for whatever reason, the kids were not affected. Uh, they knew everything that was going on, but they were never affected, thank goodness, even to this day. And then things started settling down. I would start seeking out the advice, again, of some professionals, you know, in the in the paranormal area of expertise and just try to improve on my, my, again, I'm quoting the professionals, you know, increase your freak, your vibration, your frequency, positive outlook, you know, good, you know, put good energy into the world. And I started doing that. Uh, and little by little, these things started to dissipate. Maybe they were just not interested in me. Maybe I wasn't giving them the negative feedback they were looking for. I, I don't know. Uh, mm-hmm. But it kind of settled down uh, for about a year or two, and then unfortunately things really started picking up uh, when COVID hit the first time around. Mm-hmm. I wonder why that was. Now, is it because tell, – tell us why. Why did that happen then? So, you know, when COVID first, you know, came, came you know, the first time when it, uh, during the lockdown, I was assigned to the COVID unit. Uh, so I took care of exclusively uh, – COVID-positive patients, uh, and that was just a, a really negative, negative time. 
we didn't understand the process. Uh, family members were not allowed to come see their loved ones. Uh, people were dying. Uh, it was just a, a, a really a, a dark time for, for our country and for medicine. Uh, right. And that, you know, and so here I am all gowned up in the room with the patients, either in the ICU or their, their medical floor. And guess what shows up? I start seeing these things again. Uh, these, these, these shadow creatures or beings, I don't know what to call them, um, started showing up. Uh, but this time it was, a, it was kind of like shadow beings on steroids. There was, instead of like two or three, there'd be like a half a dozen to a dozen of them along the wall. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was, and then patients would start seeing them. Uh, and this is where I kind of got a little validation uh, because we had an incident in the ICU where we actually had to have a priest come in and exercise the room. It got that bad. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. So what was happening? What what exactly was going on? So these shapes are showing up, and they're big shapes. They're not small. They're big shapes. There's more than one. And here's what started happening. This is where I get a little bit, and I'm not looking for validation, but it's nice to get some. Patients were like, you know, patients, usually it would be more at nighttime, middle of the night, patient would ring for the nurse, there's men in my room. You know, the nurse like, there's no one in your room. You're fine. You know, you're, you know, you're sick. Go to sleep. Yeah, um, but this started happening <laughs> on a nightly basis. Yeah, you know, you, you know, it's two in the morning. You're like, oh, go back to bed. You're fine. Um, right. Until the, the nurses would be at their stations, and they would start to hear. Now, some of these rooms were empty. They would start to hear their names called from empty rooms. Hmm. Yeah. So now really things started ramping up. Um, yes. Uh, we would start myself when I do an overnight, you'd hear, and I'd heard it. You hear a nurse's name being called from an empty room and then something. Would and move. did it, did it sound like a male voice, a female voice? Did oh, it have it any characteristics? It was a, it was a deep, a, for the best I can describe it, a very deep, almost guttural, almost as if an animal was trying to speak English. Mm. It was, yeah, it was inhuman, but it spoke English. And huh. it, would, it, would call your, it would call your name, and something would move. Uh, and this happened specifically in one room. Uh, it was room six uh, where th- these things would happen. So uh, I was like, oh, my goodness, Chris, what are we going to do with this? Uh, so we yeah. reached out. That morning, uh, one of the, the local priests came by just for rounds, and we kind of ran by him the scenario. And he said, you might, you might have some type of entity, some evil entity, potentially demonic. So I will send it to you. We have audio. So we, we put a, a camera in the room for the night, a video camera with the audio. Nothing mm-hmm. on the, in the video, but the audio was the series of inhuman growls. Oh. Incredibly, yeah, inhuman growls. I, I can send it to you. Um, yeah. The next morning, we, we shared it with the priest, and he said, oh, my goodness, that's a demon. He, that's what he said. I don't know what it was, but he said, this is definitely demonic, and mm-hmm. what you need to do is steal off that room. No one can go in that room. So he put a crucifix in the room, and we literally put yellow tape, uh, like the police tape. Yeah, the, like the crime tape. To go in. Yep, mm-hmm. thank you. And uh, he and his partner came back. 
and they started the process to, to exercise the room. And, oh, boy, uh, it was amazing. I've never seen anything like it. it things started to move. Uh, you'd see these, not as clear, but you'd see these beings again. They kind of come and go, kind of phase in and out. Uh, it took about maybe a half hour. Uh, and if you see the, the Haunted Hospital episodes, we all saw this something else. And I know you think I'm crazy, but I, this was witnessed by others. Some type of small... No, we don't think you're crazy. <laughs> Thank you. I think no. I am talking about this. Definitely and it was not. By this small brown thing, it, was, it almost looked like, oh, I, I don't even know, like, I can't even some type of hybrid between like a, a goat and an ape, something strange. I, I've never seen it. It was small and it was in the corner mm-hmm. and they were praying over. And then it just, it, but it would just kind of phase in and out just briefly for a few seconds. They saw it. I saw it. And the nurses saw it. And then it was over and never had an issue since, but I don't know what to make of that. I don't know if that was a demonic thing, but it was at least for me, some validation that I wasn't seeing these things, but I attribute that to COVID. I just think just this, there's so much sorrow and death and, and just depression and just these negative feelings, I think, really brought something, something out. Yes, yes, I agree. I think that was a horrible time, and people felt very out of control. I mean, something Completely. else was pulling the strings with this whole yeah, event. I think so. And, and, Hopelessness. Yeah. You know, people are dying and, and family members can't go be with them. Uh, it was just terrible. So, you know, so I, I had experienced the uptick in these beings. Others had experienced. But this was different, if I may. I, again, I'm no expert. I, you know, I'm a physician. I, I go with, you know, the objective data, the x-rays, the blood work, that kind of stuff. I don't, you know, I, right. science. So I, don't, I can't discern. But these things were different. Like those shadow-type things were real. But then there was that other thing, which I don't know what that other thing was. You know, I have to go by what the the professionals, the priests, what they go by. But it was <laughs> that was different, and a high energy, high negative energy entity, for lack of a better term. Yeah. But it was a crazy time. Yeah, and yes, and again, it uh, you did have a lot of validation because the nurses saw it, the patients saw it, yes. the priests. Yes. So there, yes. there's a lot of agreement that yeah, uh, something's peeking through from another dimension, and exactly. so the priests identified it as demonic because of the growling, which is certainly quite possible. And it's good that yeah. it stopped. They did good work, these two priests, so they were able yeah, to they- seal the door. Literally and multidimensionally. And yeah, that's what I, I, you know, the more, you know, I started, again, after these activities, I start looking into things, try to study what are we really dealing with. We have five limited senses. You know, there's a whole world out there that we can't see. Um, so trying to research, and I think, I think you're onto something, especially with these interdimensional type beings. I think that could be a big part of it. And not all of them are nice. No. It's they're like it's yeah. a lot like people. Not all people are nice. So, yeah. and yeah. whether we're talking about the you know the fae, the fairies, or we're talking about Bigfoot, or we're talking about ghosts. Right. I mean, it's yeah, there's right. a wide range here. And what makes it so difficult for a lot of people is they don't have the experience and the discernment to know one from the other, 
and how to work with this these other energies exactly. that are coming through. Yeah. yeah. And so it makes it very challenging. Uh, and they they obviously were interested in you. <laughs> for whatever reason. I, I think I'm a pretty boring how flattering. guy and I and I say that in a good way. I don't know. I don't know what to make of it. Uh, I've always, you know, I've always had a, you know, big imagination. I'm open to lots of things. Uh, you know, I want to learn, but I guess something reached through for whatever reason. But uh, mm-hmm. and like you said about discernment, I've done some research. I've, you know, done some. Uh, I, I don't want to call them ghost hunts, but you know, I've done some research in homes and in establishments. But again, I don't have that power of discernment. So that's why I'm, I'm kind of. I'm a little hesitant to, to do much because I don't know what I'm dealing with and what I might be opening right. myself up to. Right. And let me just add something to this. So you said you don't have that power of discernment. I'm going to say yet. And okay. I'll tell you why. Um, when I was a child, I used to see these entities in the corner of my room. And oh, it scared you- the living crap out of me. Yeah. I was scared to death. And I would wake up mm-hmm. screaming. My poor mother would have to come and, you know, sit with me in my room, but I would see them, and they they were very frightening to me. I didn't know what they were, I w- and I was very young. I was uh, five, six, seven years old, but I guess well, I didn't grow out of it. I kind of grew into it, <laughs> so, <Yeah. laughs> so I was yes, able, <laughs> yeah, so I was able to discern a lot of things with practice. And, yeah, not everything is in your best interest. Not everything is coming in to help you. However, um, in your situation, I would take a guess, an educated guess, that you came in as a multidimensional person, which means that you have that inherent ability. Not everybody has that ability. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I hear what people say, oh, yeah, everybody's psychic and everybody. No, they're not. Um, that's just my opinion. Some people right. have an inherent ability to see into other dimensions mm-hmm. and to experience other dimensions, and they just they've got it. Um, mm-hmm. And some of them are lucky enough. Like I know PK has a dear friend named George who's lucky enough to grow up in a family that encouraged it. He became a very powerful uh, medium, known all over the world. Uh, but a lot of people you know, just don't know what to do with it. So they back out of it, they shut it down, they go on, like you said, and and just spread their wings in the world. But Mm. if there is something in your lineage, you're not going to get away from it. It's going to come looking for you. So, and, and not in a terrible way, but in a startling way, because you're not expecting it. And yes, I agree completely that with that elderly man who was passing, something broke open. And yeah. they saw you. They saw you. <laughs> so I was like, oh, there he is. <laughs> For whatever reason, I'm yeah. Bed. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I led exactly. me on quite a quite a journey. I mean, I mean, yes, it was terrible. But I am I I am enriched for it. I that I will I cannot deny. I am enriched. I have been. I'm privy to the veil. You know, for lack. You know, for that kind of cliche term the veil has been open lifted a little bit i got to see a little mm-hmm. bit of something more than what what most people say yeah and it, it can be frightening and again a lot of it is because you're not used to it you're not used to having these experiences yeah. 
But I will bet any amount of money that it's in your lineage and that those things saw you. And they like being noticed, too. A lot of them are unlike us. We like to wave and have somebody wave back. Sure. It's just that, you know, what they're appearing as doesn't look friendly. It looks, you know, large and powerful. And certainly the growling doesn't help. Yeah, no, that was, I felt, I felt that was, no, that was not pleasant. I felt, but again, we didn't hear it. It's funny. I guess that's kind of like uh, the EVPs. You couldn't hear it with your ear. You heard it when right. you played it back. I don't know yes, why that is. Yes, that's incredible. But, yeah, but, it's on a different I'll frequency. You, I'll send you the audio file. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah and it, it, we'll play it for our audience, too. It, it was funny, I guess, not ha-ha funny, but funny because we just think, like, okay, Father John, here's the audio. He's like, oh, that's a demon. Like, oh, that's the color blue. Like, he was like, yeah, that's what that is. Yeah. Like, we'll, we'll be back. Yeah. <laughs> right, and, and he's said, had ex- Oh, he's had experience a ton of experiences. You have no idea because yeah. this is New London. And it's kind of an older town, kind of an old, you know, sea town there. And I was like, well, do you have a lot of these? He's like, you have no idea. Like, wow. Yeah. Yeah. And again, right. I don't, well, I, he calls it a demon. I don't know what to call it. I'm just going to call it something, something I, I'm, I, I can't explain. Yes. I mean, again, you kept using your background as a scientist and as a physician to try to put this in right. some order. I was trying. And, I just, I have no, yeah, I have no tool to, to measure this. I mean, yeah, sure. We used a, you know, a, a, a recorder kind of crude instrumentation, but I have, I don't even know what I'm dealing with. So since I don't know what I'm dealing with, I, I don't poss- I couldn't possibly have the right to measure this. So I, I don't, that's kind of my conundrum. It's frustrating. I want to learn about this, but I don't, know how to proceed because i don't even know what i'm dealing with yeah well let me ask you this i mean you must be an intuitive person i'm going to take that guess to an educated guess i bet that your intuition helps you tremendously in your profession as a doctor with your patients it's funny you should say that we i just had a discussion earlier today with with one of my colleagues I go with my gut. I mean, obviously, you know, I, 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 I mm-hmm. look at all the data, I examine the patient, but at the end of the day, I go with my gut. It has served me right. Yeah. And whenever I go against my gut, I get burned. Yeah. That's worse. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, yeah. I, will, I will tell you this, doctor. Anybody who has you as their doctor is very lucky and very blessed because you are using the best of everything. You're scientific background, your Thank training you. as a doctor, and your mm-hmm. intuition, which is, I mean, that's a winning combination for Definitely. any patient. It's got to be thrilled. Well, thank you. That's nice to hear. Thank you. Yes, it's, it's true. I mean, there are so many medical mysteries, and I think the only way to get to the oh, bottom gosh. is sometimes, yeah, you know that, right? <laughs> yeah, you have to play a hunch. You have to go with your gut. You know, we, we you know, we Fool around, say it's our, our spider sense is tingling. You know, it's just you. It's another sense. It's not the five that we deal with, but it's something else that's cueing you in in a, in a certain direction. That's that's the best way I can describe it. I, I, I wouldn't. Yes. You know, I'm not. You know, I don't. I don't have the ego to say it's my sixth sense, but it's just a gut feeling, something that kind of leads you in the right direction. But you can't put your finger on what's telling you to do that. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. some people have that inner voice turned way up 
so they can hear it all mm-hmm. the time, and some people mm-hmm. don't want to be bothered, and they turn the volume way down. And like you said, right. then they pay the price for that. So, right. yeah. So where do things stand now with this, these entities? So, uh, great question. Um, ever since, I guess we'll say that, that blowout in the ICU, <laughs> uh, <laughs> it seems like that's the best way. It was like a big going away party for identities. After that happened, it was kind of quite chaotic, emotional experience. And then it just, things just died. Um, it's funny. Soon after that, I, I met my current wife and, uh, like I said, she, I think she has some type of neutralizing power. She's never had an experience in her life. Uh, we've gone out to try to look for things and nothing ever happens when she's around. <laughs> So, uh, when she, so I don't take her anywhere. If I go on some type of right. investigation, she stays home. <laughs> she cancels it out oh, for whatever. And we, we joke about this oh, all the time. That's cute. That uh, is so funny. So in the hospital, it's as of lately, there's little activity here and there that I'm picking up on because I'm cued into it now, whereas maybe, you know, 10 years ago I wouldn't have been. Um, we had a fascinating, just a, a just a great little little side story, and these are the things I'm just paying attention to. Um, not that long ago, I'm on the respiratory floor, and again, there's uh, uh, you know there's I don't know maybe 30 rooms, most of them are single rooms. So one room is this lovely patient. She has end stage dementia. Can't really you can't you know lovely can't have a conversation with her anymore, unfortunately. Uh, so she's just sitting there. Um, and I go to see her. Hi, how are you? And she's like, oh, I'm great. Uh, Mrs. Jones, uh, three doors down, just passed away. And I didn't even know this. I'm like, oh, you know, oh, haha. how do you know? She's like, someone came for her. I'm like, who? Ah. And, she, wow. and she smiled. It wouldn't say anything. I got the chills, walked out, just like, okay, let's see. Walked down, and the nurse just pronounced her. Things like uh, that, you know, little things wow. where she saw something. She's like, yes, he came for her, meaning mm-hmm. someone took her. Mm-hmm. Something like that. Um, another thing, not that long ago, I'm in, the, uh, I'm in the hospital. It's a weekend, so it's pretty quiet. I get out of the elevator, and I hear someone yelling to me, please help me. And I turn around thinking it's someone joking with me. There's no one there. No one. No one on the floor. Mm. It's dead quiet but me. So things are starting to pick up a little bit. I just don't know what to make of it. Now, again, this just could be the normal uh, traffic that I'm just not normally aware of I, to, to be determined. Yeah, exactly. You well, know, again, they're, they, they're seeing you. They see you. You don't see them for the most part. Right. You see the right. those dark entities, but like somebody asking for your help, you don't see them, but they see you. Yeah. Very I know. I'd love now, to help them. Yeah, I'm <laughs> sure, and, and that's why they, they're they coming to you. Now, this, I think I asked you this off the air, and please, you don't have to mention the hospital unless you want to, but this happened primarily in one hospital, right? Yes, in New London. Yes, Lawrence and Memorial Hospital, yes. Okay. And is that a particularly old hospital? Oh, yeah, it's turn of the century. There's a lot of new uh-huh. to it, but there's a lot of old buildings. Mm-hmm. Uh you know, and so there's a lot of activity there. Uh, and, and not just me, you know, now that people kind of 
know a little bit about my experiences. People are kind of offering their own experiences to me, and mm-hmm. they're just coming up unsolicited. They're like, hey, I had this happen to me, or hey. So it's it's interesting how much is really going on. So, you know, initially I thought, oh, boy, my career is over, but now it's the opposite. Now people are coming up, and they're sharing their stories with me because they feel like they can. Exactly. That's marvelous. Yeah. Yeah, so it's an it's old so hospital in New London. It's an old, old air. Yo, I love it. It's great. It's like, yes, let's 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 talk about that. Again, I don't know right. what it is. You don't know what it is, but let's try to maybe figure this out together. Yes, that's true. Yeah, yeah. and I will tell you something that may help with the dark entities that you don't know quite what they are yet. We have a, a guest we have on quite frequently. His name is Lon Duquette, and he is a very famous writer and a master of occult sciences. He just knows oh. a lot. And he's very mm-hmm. funny. <laughs> we love having him on the show because he makes us laugh like That's crazy. Helpful. Yes. But one of the things that he said that really stuck with both PK and I is that it's our job. It is our job to change that darker energy. That those mm-hmm. entities need our help to change into Mm. the light. And so he said it's up to us to do that. That's part of the reason we're here. So it's, of course, these things can be frightening. And we've certainly heard enough stories and had our own experiences to know what that's like. But on the other side of that, we have the power to eventually identify them and change their nature because... I can't imagine anything really wants to be like that. So I couldn't either. Yeah. So it's a very interesting comment that he's made, and it's really stuck with both of us, PK and I. And, mm. and so all of these scary things, I mean, yeah, we can, we can amp up the frightening part of it. And it certainly can be. However, there's Yo, this sure. other side. Yeah, I just wish they were say something to me you know at least I like I said my phone was thrown my stethoscope was was thrown like you have my attention yeah you know, now, what do you want to tell me <laughs> right <laughs> never, never got an answer right I mean I think with a situation like this normally I would say to somebody you can get their information through dreams but I'd be very cautious with that right now because you still don't know exactly what you're dealing with, and you don't want to invite it in to another realm that's of your fear. own consciousness. Yeah, right. That's that's my. I, I don't know. if Fear is the right word, but just I don't. I don't know what it is. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm quite hesitant to to open things up. It's also. I mean, we've been through this with a lot of people. It's it's also within your right to set the boundaries and mm-hmm. to demand answers. You know, so, mm. for example, you can say, you have to give me your name. What's your name? And right. I'm not going to talk to you until you give me your name. And that's Never it. thought of that. So, it's a, it, yeah, so it becomes a, a boundary issue where you can set that line and say to them, look, you know, I'm interested in what you have to say, but you have to tell me who you are. Mm. What is your name? And right. there's other things. Obviously, you were raised Catholic, yeah. so you know you can call on upon Jesus to protect you yeah. and oh, all I of have. those things. It works. It works. Oh, it totally oh, definitely yeah. works. Yeah, so, I've so noticed you have that a few that. times. Yeah, so you have that background and you have that experience that that works as things get dicey. 
uh, you can definitely change the game with with the name of, of Jesus Christ. And I would say, again, it's up to you to set the boundaries for these entities that have noticed you. They noticed you when they came into the room. Obviously, they were there for that guy and yeah. that, that mm-hmm. elderly man was about to pass but they saw you (laughs) so it's like oh i guess so i saw you know it's funny right they saw me i didn't see that but again when he saw them i did not they just made themselves known to me a few days after uh, and then it kind of ramped up but i just assumed he saw them because they don't have eyes so he was right (laughs) that's i see anyway (laughs) (laughs) yes yes i have there's so much mistake Serious energy in this world. There's, you know, there's questions about the in, the interdimensionals, questions about yeah. ETs. I mean, oh, yeah. there's just there's so much to to explore, and it's all fascinating, and it's all part of the same tapestry. So That's what I think. Just, it, yeah, these experiences have really opened up, opened my mind up to all this. You know, all UFOs, yeah. UAPs interdimensional even you mentioned earlier bigfoot all these things i'm like huh wonder if there's a common thread here we just but we just can't quite haven't seen it yet can't quite sense this right yeah well and again a lot of it is because we get so darn scared you know it's of course it's understandable why but when fear comes in then everything else goes out the window so it's it's really great that you found ways to sort through this and Keep your head about you. Oh gosh! Yeah, yeah. no, it took me a while. (laughs) It was rough for a while. I I really thought I was I was losing my mind. Did your wife think you don't have that support? Yes, and with your first wife, who unfortunately uh, you got divorced from. um, What did did she think you were nuts? And or did she just get sick of it? Okay. She didn't know what to think initially, but then after a while, she got sick of it because she was. She wasn't seeing what I was seeing, but she was feeling what I was feeling. That makes uh-huh. sense. She yes, was feeling the dread. She was noticing temperature changes, but not quite seeing anything. That's why for a while I was like, oh, goodness, I, maybe I am losing it. Uh, but, again, when the patient saw it, I saw it, and then some validation later on with the, you know, the ICU, uh, you know, that, that kind of helped. Uh, but, that, you know, it is what it is. Um, but, you know, I've moved on, you know, I've been happily married now, and like I said, she is my ghost neutralizer, so I <laughs> keep, her, uh, keep her next to me at night. <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> that is so funny. You know, there there is another doctor we should introduce you to. His name is Dr. Gallagher, and he is a psychiatrist in the New York area, and he's been on the show a couple of times. You might want to listen to that interview he um, actually yeah he's there is a film made by blumhouse productions it's going to be coming out soon about his experience with somebody who is possessed and when they have a question about is somebody possessed or is this mental illness because you know that's the big question he's the one they call the priests call him fascinating and say which one is it that's interesting. We had a we had a case not too long ago. It was a woman who was acting quite strange, and the priest thought she might have been possessed. She turned out she wasn't, but he actually came back with someone else. So it 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 goes on. It it goes on. I just happened to see it. Priest was like, "Huh, 
her, her, her mannerism, her language seemed kind of like that old-timey English, and she wasn't quite current. And he had a, he had a feeling she might have been possessed, but luckily she wasn't. But, yeah, I, it's out there. Oh, yes, yes. So we'll have to uh, get you in touch with Dr. Gallagher as well. It's, it is fascinating how, oh, yeah, that these doctors, you know, are at the forefront of this, and you are too, because of your experience. And as a result yeah. of their coming forward and you coming forward, it makes it so much easier for, as you found out, for other people to do the same, oh, and sure. other people in your profession to do this. Yeah, there's I a lot so. on the table to lose here. Oh gosh! And again, I felt this was so fantastic. You know, shadow things and the phones being thrown. I, I, I really thought people would reject more than anything else because. The story sounds out there, if I, if I may, uh, but uh, no, I, I, it's, you know, in the beginning it was more kind of like, you know, a little sneer here or there, but now it's really much more acceptance and people just mm-hmm. been sharing with me, so it's, so it's very nice. That is terrific, and, and helped, I know. It helped my mind yeah. to you know, kind of explore and research what's out there. Yes, exactly, and it's nice that you'll be meeting these people who are doing that and I know, especially Dr. Kolbaba, he's going to really want to talk to you about your oh, experience. And I'm sure you're going to want to read his book that, that catalogs so many experiences of doctors. And, and again, how they didn't want to tell anybody because right. of you know the fear of, of rejection and, and judgment and losing their jobs. But thank goodness, I think we're getting beyond that. So, yes. <laughs> hooray. <laughs> thank goodness. Well, Dr. Crispino, this has been such a wonderful evening. This is yes, great. Thank you. Thank you so well, thank much. Thank you for it's having been... me. This was a pleasure. really was. Yeah, this has well, been great for us and our audience. Yes. Yeah. And yes, please keep us posted so that as oh, you go onward. Yes, yeah, and, and as you go forward. Absolutely. Please. Absolutely. Because I, I think so there's please. so much more that's going to unfold from this and in a positive way. So oh, good. I hope so. Yes. Yes, this has been great. Well, thank you so much and everybody watch the Travel Channel Haunted Hospitals season 2 episode 1 and then the other right. one Dr. Crispino it's is which one? Season 3 episode 8. That one goes into the uh, the COVID time with the ICU experience. Excellent. Well, yep. Yes. Travel Channel is lucky they found you. We're lucky we found you. So I want to do a shout-out to my friend Steve, who told me about you because he watched the show and was so impressed. So oh, anyways. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you both. It was really was a pleasure, and I, I love your podcast. Thank you so much. Oh, it was oh, a delight Thank you. Yes, thank, thank you. you. Okay. Good night. And everybody, we'll be back next week with another great show next week. Time travel. It's going to be another great one. And until then, happy Halloween, and we'll see you on the Blue Highway. Good night. Good night. Thanks for listening. Tune in next week for another radio adventure with Supernatural.